everybody. Welcome to the Melissa and Devin Show, where we're always unscripted, raw, and unedited. Come on, be a fly on the wall while we're bitching in the kitchen about current events, politics, family matters, and relationships. Hey, Devin. Hey, Melissa. What are we talking about today? Well, the topic has come up lately a lot in kind of uh, in the world about relationships the falling apart of relationships how to how to acknowledge that you've done something wrong to somebody and then how to properly maturely and humbly ask for their forgiveness accept their forgiveness and then go from there and how to properly address both the wrongdoing and how to properly apologize. And I think there's a there's there's a lot lacking in the world in uh, people's toolbox and their skill set on how to properly apologize for a wrongdoing. And and then on the other side, I think there's also people don't know how to accept an apology and I think a lot of people accept less than what is deserved from the person that's done them wrong. So I think we sh- I think we're going to get into that today. I love it. Yeah, accountability and also forgiveness. What forgiveness means mm-hmm. and what it doesn't. Absolutely. What it doesn't is a big point there. So give me an example of like what it doesn't mean. Well, you can forgive someone, but it doesn't mean you forgive their behavior or you allow it to continue. Um, If someone hurts you and you forgive them for your own well-being and to lift that off your heart and to sleep better at night and all of that, it doesn't mean that person gets to still come back over and over and over and over again and hurt you and you keep forgiving them. Right. So so where would that expectation lie? So let's let's look at it from something we could maybe relate closer to or that the listeners can relate closer to. So let's say um okay, so you and I are friends and we and of course there's levels of apologies too. Like there's levels of apologies like Oops, I dinged your door getting out of my car in your driveway. But let me take care of that and get it fixed for you. There's there's that level of apology. Like, oh my goodness, an accident happened. Mm-hmm. And I made a mistake and I acknowledge it immediately. And I'm going to automatically provide you with a solution. But that's ownership, right? So, <clears throat> you know, I get out of my car in your driveway. Ding, boops, put a little nick in your door. I come in immediately and say, oh my goodness, Melissa, I did this to your car and I'm sorry. And I'm going to call Chrysler and get your Jeep fixed. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like that's, that's an instant thing. And that's, that's a no brainer. We learn how to deal with those minor mistakes, hopefully when we're young enough that that's ingrained. We're talking about a deeper apology for a deeper hurt. Yeah, I think more like we'll go family member specific. And I just think if. okay, so my grandmother is a bit of a crazy person (laughs) and 
instead of actually taking any ownership of her behavior or things that she said, mm-hmm. um, she just, everything is everyone else's fault. Okay. So if she says something that's hurtful or rude or anything like that, there's no apologizing. There's no ownership of that. There's no whatever. It's she is who she is. Take it or leave it, whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. So I remove her from my sphere of interaction Mm -hmm. for myself because that's toxic and I'm not going to have it. And I can forgive her for things that she said or things that she's done. But what that doesn't mean is that I allow her back into my life and I allow her to continue her toxic behavior or any of those things. And she wouldn't apologize anyway. But even if she did apologize, Mm -hmm. that is one level of it. I apologize. I shouldn't have said that. I hope you forgive me. We move forward. Mm -hmm. The second half of that is... Are your actions following the words coming out of your mouth? Because you can apologize for anything. But if the action that you apologize for continues, well, it's just bullshit. You're not sorry. Completely. I feel like it's happened with ex-boyfriends. I feel like all of that. Like, unless somebody is actually, actually with action, Mm -hmm. I have no better way to say that than that. They're actualizing their words. Yeah. If there's not intention and action in action in being sorry mm-hmm. it's bullshit completely agree so mm-hmm. yeah forgiveness and so again i think it's oh well you forgave that person mm-hmm. everything's good well no there can still be a big boundary around i'm not going to accept terrible behavior or still get shit on or have somebody say something rude or behave in a, a way that i don't allow in my life Mm -hmm. she can be sorry but if she's not acting in a different manner Mm -hmm. she's she's actually sorry right right? then it then it makes you question so i agree and i've had similar experience with family members especially like the the elder family members Mm -hmm. in mine and i know we did a whole podcast about my relationship with my mother and aunt and all them but, you know, it carries on. Like, there's many other family members I don't speak to because of very hurtful and painful um, actions and comments over the years. So, I completely agree. And I want to, like, gold star one of the things you said. So, the whole thing about um, offering forgiveness to somebody can be done without ever speaking to them ever again. Yeah, the forgiveness part is for you. It has nothing to do with the other person. Correct. So I'm sure we've all had an example in our life where, say, let's say a friend or a sister or brother. So someone that isn't an elder, a parent, like someone who's more in a peer level. And, you know, they've said something hurtful or, you know, mean or just not, not okay. And it just sits with you poorly, right? So... If I said something to you and and it was off color or it was unkind and I upset you, what does that look like? Okay, so there's two ways to look at it. You can just forgive me on your own and never bring it up to me. So you can just decide because it's all about choosing. 
You can decide to let that comment that I made go for your own self. And you can be like, you know what? Devin made a shitty comment to me, but I don't believe she had any intention to hurt my feelings. So I'm going to forgive her on my own and I'm going to let it go. And I'm not going to bring it up to her. I'm just going to give the forgiveness to myself and I'm going to continue the relationship as is. However, if I continue to make those snotty comments or mean things, then you're going to lose trust in me. And that's where the relationship damage happens. So at that point, you can do one of two things as the offended party. You can either address it with me the next time it happens and we can discuss it. Or you can choose to, again, forgive me quietly and give me another chance. Or you can choose to end the relationship for your own personal well-being and walk away from me. So it's all a matter of the offended party's choice, really. And that's where the what types of apologies and the leveling of apologizing and kind of where where the person who's at fault needs to do better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very important thing to learn as an adult. I don't think children are taught how to apologize well. And I know from my own kids, having, you know, twins... They were constantly doing things to upset each other. (laughs) Less now, but definitely when they were youngsters, everything was like, he took my this, or he hit me, or he took my chair, or he touched my bike. (laughs) Like There was always, you know, something that caused a bit of conflict or that, you know, upset temporarily even the one or the other. So I remember when they were young and I remember trying to, again, teach them how to apologize because... In my experience and my relationship with their dad, his apologies were very empty. Like you mentioned, there was no actualizing the words. So he would apologize for poor behavior, but then the behavior would continue. So when you're raising two boys in a house with a father like that, there's, there has to be a different approach or they're going to end up with that same trait. Mm. Because it's learned behavior. Of course, yeah. So with my guys, if let's say one hit the other whether it was on purpose or accidentally and the other one got hurt, whether their feelings got hurt or whether they were physically hurt. I would say to the, the offending one, what you did hurt your brother. And I would say, you know, it hurt his feelings because what you did was mean or you hurt him because you hit him mm-hmm. Um, And now he has a bruise or a lump or a sore arm or whatever. So I would make sure that what the action was, was very clear. So we're not just blindly apologizing for everything, you know, the Canadian way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) Dial that back a bit. So I would make sure that it was clear what they were apologizing for. And then I would also make the one that was hurt listen. So there was acknowledgement. So it was, I need you to look at your brother Mm. because your brother is, is sorry and he's going to tell you why. Mm. And so then brother one would say to brother two, I am sorry. 
that I took your bike, it must have made you feel sad. And I would make them explain. And then the offended brother would naturally, because we're taught this in the world. It's okay. It's okay. And it's not okay. So the lesson. Then it happens again. The lesson I taught them as a young age was if someone apologizes to you because they legitimately are apologizing, you need to acknowledge the apology and you either need to accept it or you need to thank them for the apology and then set a boundary. So in case that I just gave as the example, brother one takes brother two's bike out of the driveway without brother two's permission. Brother two's now standing in the driveway, sad that his brother's riding his bike down the street. So I make brother one apologize. I'm sorry I took your bike out of the driveway without your permission. That must have hurt your feelings. Okay. Brother two can say, thank you for your apology. And I please don't take it without my permission again. That's a boundary. So he thanked him for his apology and he gave him a boundary. The other way he could do it is, I accept your apology. And no boundary. Very different. Yeah, not helpful. (laughs) Very different. Yeah. So in our house, we always tried to accept the apology and then offer a boundary. Especially when they were little because, again, they were always pushing each other's buttons. Now as an adult... If something happens, so for instance, whatever, sometimes their laundry gets mixed up, right? So someone's sweatshirt will end up in the other one's drawer. Mm -hmm. And immediately, because they're teenage boys, immediately it's so-and-so took, he took my sweater. He stole my sweater. We go extreme. I'm dying. Yep. He stole my sweater. And I then re-go re back to my four-year-old children self and say, just because his sweater, your sweater's in his closet does not mean he stole it. It could have been an accident. Yeah, you might have put it there. <laughs> I may have put it there. I may have seen it in the dryer and just assumed that it was his. You guys have very similar clothes. You're a very similar size. It was an error. It wasn't an attack. Mm-hmm. So you need to assess how big is this problem? And in a good apology, assessing how, how deep the wound mm. and the intention behind it is a big part of it. If I unleash holy hell on somebody because I'm upset, well then, if I then reflect on it and am genuinely upset and sorry that I did it, then I need to not only address the problem, but then I need to address my poor reaction. Yeah. And it's up to them how they accept that, if they accept it. Mm-hmm. So in your case, so Melissa and I were talking before, before we hit play, and assumption was an issue. Mm-hmm. So share a tidbit of your story that you shared with me. Yeah, so COVID hit relationships, obviously, for many, many people changed or just how 
uh, how your interaction as friend groups, anything like that, um, changed depending on how people saw COVID, how they reacted, their level of comfort, etc. Um, we had a few people in our circle that um, saw things differently than we did. And um, we just assumed that um, another set of friends just sided with the other group of friends in their outlook, on their opinions of things, um, on a reaction to a disagreement that we had um, with the other couple. And because they'd known them longer and were friends with them previous to us, we just assumed they'd pick sides. That was that. Um, we saw one person in, in real life after, you know, three years of COVID nonsense and Matt opened the door to a Tim Hortons and which is a coffee shop here in Ontario, Canada. And literally three feet in front of each other, I said, oh, hi, like, how are you? And this person literally stared me in the face, walked away, and that was the end of that. And when I say I was hurt for about five seconds and then raging mad, I I cannot stress enough. I was raging because I hadn't done anything to hurt anybody intentionally, anything like that. I just assumed, again, I, I had made the assumption because they knew the other friend group longer and before we had even met that they just sided with them and that was that so we had an entire 15-year relationship tarnished by assumptions and it turned out that um, another mutual friend that knew both of us had confronted this person on this behavior and what happened and it turns out they are vaccine injured had a stroke blind in one eye and legitimately wholeheartedly hadn't even seen us at, at all the restaurant yeah, yeah at the coffee shop yeah had no idea it was us no idea so called on facebook messenger first and i just assumed that it was a pocket dial it was an accident i ignored it and honestly part of me wasn't even ready to Confront. acknowledge it of yeah. being like no I'm mad like I was hurt for five minutes and now I'm just really mad and then the next day they actually called my cell phone and we had a proper conversation and it turns out I found out yes vaccine injured had a stroke blind in one eye you know off to Toronto General Hospital with these um experimental treatments and like he'll never be the same mm-hmm. So I forgave him. I, you know, apologize. And I acknowledge, too, that just because we had an issue with this other couple that, you know, that had nothing to do with our relationship. And, you know, it fixed everything. And both people acknowledged and just really, like, it could have ruined an entire friendship. And thankfully, it didn't. Somebody thought enough to pick up the phone to be like, oh my goodness, like that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. And I would have still been over here 
upset. Upset. Like, I can forgive and I can let go, but I never would have picked up the phone. I would have just cut ties, set the boundary of being like, I'm not... Like, that relationship is over. That chapter is closed and it's over. Like, I... Yeah. That would have been it. So, so. have you forgiven yourself for your assumption and your overreaction? Because that's a tough one when you find out the truth. Uh, yes. And I think it's why I got emotional when I was on the phone with him of being like, I was so hurt and then I was raging mad. And it turns out I was mad at someone that was vac- vaccine injured and so sick now. And all these things are happening in their life. And I didn't even know. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. even being the supportive friend and helpful where I could have been because I didn't know. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that that goes both sides. But then, you know, part of me is like, had he not picked up the phone. Mm-hmm. You'd still be sitting in your anger. Oh, I'd be mad. Now, I would have let it go. Mm-hmm. But I never would have reached out. I never would have. Like, no part of me wanted to have the situation clarified mm-hmm. until I found out from a third party that, like, he actually had you know, it was no idea. Mm-hmm. So, Isn't that a, and that's again <clears throat> the way that a lot of a lot of what we do as adults and the habits that we have, they all they all have a source, right? So I'm sure in your lifetime, in dealing with family members who have hurt you and who talk negatively about you and make you feel a certain way dealing with those people for so long in your life you get in a habit of self-protection yeah um anger and then cutting ties a million but yeah i'm great at that right and as am i i'm i'm super good at jumping to conclusions (laughs) i'm really good at it like I have an emotional trampoline that just allows me to like jump as high as I want to jump. <laughs> and I also, you know, can make some pretty snap decisions about people's behavior based on how it impacts me and how it makes me feel in the moment. Mm-hmm. So I can relate big time on that moment when you saw him out in public at the coffee shop and how you felt so dismissed and so disrespected in that moment and that immediate reaction because your immediate reaction was based on a negative experience with the other friends yep, and how that went down. And then it also goes back into your, how you cope, how you deal, how you manage your own family stuff and your own history and your own relationship connections and stuff. And it's amazing and, and I, you know, it's a, it's wonderful to hear that your third party inter interjected there. Mm -hmm. And it's also wonderful to hear that he reached out to make that, make that circle whole again. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't aware that it was even you. He wasn't aware that there had been all this disconnect because he's been so in his own health and, and trying to heal. And yet you know, now the relationship has come around again and you guys are able to connect and you're able to have forgiveness and he's able to communicate again and things are smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think a lot of times, so I also had a weird interaction this weekend, which we discussed briefly and someone whom again, 
about three years ago, three and a half years ago, um, her and I had a difference of opinion over how to manage something in her life um, relating to COVID, of course. It was a big marker for a lot of relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I had made a statement to her based on my beliefs and my knowledge of her her and her family that um, didn't sit well with her and her reaction was very aggressive. And... And she blocked me out of life for the past three and a half years. She blocked me off her phone, blocked me off her social, took me out of her life very abruptly with no discussion. And and listen, I'm okay with that. That was her choice. Based on what happened, that was her choice. I respect her choice as a grown person. Yep. She's entitled to react any way she wants. And I gave forgiveness to her shortly after that. You know, after some reflection, I realized not that I don't, I don't accept, um, I don't accept any blame for, for any of it because what I spoke to her was truth. And based on the situation and the conversation we were having, it, it was a, an appropriate part of the discussion. Yeah. You weren't actively trying to heck no. I was hurt anyone intentionally. No, I didn't. I, the, the comment I made that, it, that blew her up was, was a fact-based, truthful, calm statement. She just didn't, it didn't sit well with her. So three and a half years later, we have had nothing to do with each other. We ha- we went from having a very good friendship, kind of like what you were discussing, very good friendship, very open communication with each other, to nothing. Yeah. So, of course, there's always a little bit of a grieving period over any loss of any relationship, friendship, or family, or whatever. So after my little period of grieving was over for, from her losing, you know, cutting me out like that, I, I just gave forgiveness because I needed to just let her go. She's on her own journey, and I'm not on that journey with her, and that's okay. And so I just gave her forgiveness for my own accord and my own reasons, and I've just moved on. Closure. Yeah, closure on the relationship. You know, it was good while it lasted and, you know, she was fun to hang around, but that door is now closed. Totally fine. I hold no ill will. If I saw her out at the store, I'd still say hi. Um, so this past weekend, I got a, a request on social media and a direct message from her, which was, which was an apology. Um, but again, she used the classic, I call it the gaslighter apology, which is the, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry if I did anything to hurt you. So let's get into that one a bit. So I, I then, just to finish out that story, I acknowledged that she had um, apologized. I, I said, I appreciate you reaching out. And um, I gave you for, I, I gave forgiveness to you a long time ago for my own reasons. You did hurt my feelings. You did um, break the relationship. But I appreciate you reaching out. Full stop. Full stop. That was the end of it. So there was no like continuation of friendship. There was no continuation of conversation. I did not offer anything to go on from there. 
she reacted just briefly. There was no more conversation after that. And I moved, and if we weren't talking about apologies today, I wouldn't even mention it again, but I thought it was good. So yeah. So, and I'm very okay with that. Listen, if she needs to ask for my forgiveness for her own healing and well being, Mm -hmm. I'm all good with that. And I appreciate, I do appreciate the fact that she reached out because it was kind of shitty how that all went down and ended. And I hope she's in a better place in her life. I really do. I hope yeah, because you had no intention of being like, I'm no. going to say this today and ruin no. the friendship. Like, Not at all. And I really hope she's come full circle. I hope she's well. And I hope everything has is going great for her in her life. And I hope her, her reaching out to me will give her some peace and some healing. And then she can move on with her stuff too. So let's get into the what I call the gaslighter apology. Because it's a good one. And you and I, I think have a life of experience with it. So, you know, Melissa, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry you got offended. I'm sorry you got offended. I'm sorry if I said something that hurt you. So how do you deal with those? So first of all, let's identify that that is not an acceptable apology. Like ever. Just ever. And I think a lot of people are in the habit. It's it, And they don't mean any ill will by it. And they just don't even, they're not even aware. But it's a very poor, incomplete apology. It is not how to actually make amends. It is not how to acknowledge the harm done. And it doesn't give the person who has been harmed anywhere to go. You're basically pigeonholing them into your apology and now you're expecting them to accept it, but it's, it's empty. It's an empty apology. So what is, what are your thoughts on it? I'm going to bust here. Go. So I can see your one, cheeks are going I know. I'm flushed. like, oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so, so much of this, I was in like a super toxic relationship for years. Um, and this person cheated or this person, you know, would frequently treat me like garbage. And then I would be gaslit into like, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or like, Oh, I'm really sorry for everything, blah, blah, blah. Um, You're not sorry. You're sorry that you got caught. And it wasn't just the like, sorry, I was cheating, but it would be like, this was such a gross, toxic relationship, but just a few examples. And I was just so young that I didn't know any better. Um, Not to... (laughs) Not to excuse it, but just the reality of Mm -hmm. just young, like a high school relationship into college. It was just hadn't learned yet. This is why really great boundaries in place now. But, you know, this person, we had different friend groups because we were different. Like he was a little bit older and, you know, would lie about where he was or drinking or, you know, smoking pot or doing mushrooms or whatever. And all things I had just, like, I wasn't okay with. Like, I don't like that. Well, instead of just not doing it, we just, because we had different friend groups, it would just, he would just go and do whatever he wanted and then 
lie about it. And if I would call him out on something or like, hey, I'm not going to hang out with so-and-so and then is still hanging out with so-and-so. Well, you're not sorry. You're just, you got caught. Mm-hmm. And not in like, a, just like a male friend that was a really bad influence, right? Nothing like crazy. Mm-hmm. But even like the cheating or the treating people like shit or anything like that. Or like he was the one cheating. And it's funny, it was such a toxic relationship that I... I had kind of forgot or blacked out to a lot of behavior. I would have friends remind me of these conversations and she'd be like, do you not remember him being like, oh yeah, like you're sleeping with all of Peterborough or something. And it was like, it's very untrue. First of all, like I wasn't at all, but he was the one cheating. So it was all this gaslighting, not just, you know, apology gaslighting, but just gaslighting in general. But yeah, like the, oh, I'm sorry I hurt you, blah, 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 when we finally like fully broke up after like literally seven years of nonsense. Mm -hmm. Dude, you're not actually sorry. The guilt is sitting in now. You treated somebody terribly for seven years. You're not, I don't think anybody, I don't think you, any part of him was actually sorry. You're sorry you got caught. You're so, like guilt is setting in now. Of, like you were just a disgusting, horrible human. Mm-hmm. And it's over now. But like no accountability of being like, you know, I shouldn't have treated mm-hmm. you like that. I shouldn't have done that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was dumb enough for he cheated and I went back for more. Like, yeah, you know, but yeah. no, like, I mean, again, young, stupid, mm-hmm. now no better. But, like, there was no, oh, my, I'm going to be such a better human. I'm going to take responsibility for this, blah, blah. No, it was just, and it's because it's all I knew. Mm -hmm. It's what was comfortable, and I went back. Right? There was no, oh, my God, like, I'm going to do better, blah, 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 which is why, like. Well, and that's the, that's the long and short of it, and a couple great points. Um, If, especially when you're in a, a like a, a romantic relationship at, we want to think that they always have our best interests in heart too. Right. So we want to think that because, you know, if I'm giving you my part of my life, if I'm sharing my existence with you, I'm sharing my heart with you. I'm sharing my bed with you. I'm sharing parts of my life with you. You know, yeah, I, you're assuming that person's meeting you at the same right, level. Absolutely. And, and our, and we want to, sometimes we want it so bad and I'm guilty a hundred percent of this. <laughs> we are, we want that connection and the companionship and that person and that, 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 that entity, or we just want to say we have a boyfriend or say we have a husband or say we have a wife or say we have a girlfriend. We want it so bad and we feel so invested into the relationship that we are very easy to forgive without action and we are very easy to forget like you said it's almost like you black out we are we it's it's easy for us because our we're holding this person in such high high esteem in our life as our partner that we very easily forget and dismiss the last time or the last three times or the last 10 times or the last 12 times that they've done something, maybe not exactly the same, 
but similar. And I always went back to this in my working life. So when I was in my corporate gig before this life, my past life, um, I... In order for me, I was in management. So in order for me to um, terminate an employee, I had to have two written corrective action notices against them with a performance improvement plan follow-up. And they still had to exhibit the same poor behavior. And on that third time, I was able to dismiss them. But... The two things, the two corrective action notices with the performance improvement plan, both of them had to be on the same topic. Mm. So for instance, and it's funny because now I look back and I'm like, wow, I should have learned that lesson through that. (laughs) So, you know. Should have and did are so very different words. Very different words. (laughs) So, you know, um, let's use the cheating example, okay? So you're my, you're my girlfriend, okay? You're my girlfriend, we're a couple, and you have eyes for someone else, and you mess around on me behind my back. I find out, however I find out. I call you out on it. Melissa, I heard through the grapevine that you were out with so-and-so on the weekend when you told me you were at work. And you're like, what do you mean? Right? What do you mean? I wasn't with so-and-so. Blah, 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 Gaslighting blah. bullshit. Gaslighting too. bullshit. Okay. So now I automatically feel bad because I'm the one that now accused you. So I'm in a place now of blame. You now have the upper hand on me because you denied. Right? Now the third party who told me gets the blame. So I'm getting the blame. And the third party is getting the blame. So let's say, if we use my old life as the example, you now feel like you're giving me the corrective action notice because you're like, don't you be accusing me of cheating on you. I'm with you. Right? Okay. So you just put me on corrective action. So now I'm like... And then the behavior repeats itself. Then the behavior repeats itself. And here you go out creeping around behind my back again. (laughs) Melissa, don't cheat on me. (laughs) Don't be podcasting with any other other people. (laughs) I would never. (laughs) Hilarious. Okay. So now here you are out creeping around again. And I catch wind of it. Or maybe maybe I catch you. Maybe I'm doing groceries and I think you're somewhere because you told me you are. And here I see you with someone else walking down the sidewalk. And I'm like, whoa, stop the car. And then I say, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be at that place. And you instantly fly off the handle at me again. And you're like, I thought we were over this. I thought we did this before. I told you, what are you stalking me? Blah, blah, blah. All the gaslighting. All the things. And so here I am. Now I'm on corrective action notice again. You've now got me twice. But here's the thing. Even though you're not wrong. Like that's clear. Like, oh my God. So now you've got me on two corrective action Mm. notices for the same offense. So now what? It continues. Do I allow you to continue or do we go for round three? 
And again, that's the choice that if you don't make it early in the relationship and put that boundary down hard, you will be getting those corrective actions forever. Yeah. And not once ever is there performance improvement. No, because there's no, even when you look at it that way, and it's funny of being like, oh, aren't we so familiar with gaslighting? Um, Too familiar. Oh my God, it's crazy now to think back. But the more it happens, the more even the other person, then you get weary of even bringing it up. Mm -hmm. So you're... You're shrinking as a human, as an individual in who you are and your trust and your um, questioning of people or you're not questioning your, um, oh my gosh, what am I trying to say here? Like your, like your, your value and your self-worth well, is all and your, changed. Your, your um, temperature read on mm-hmm. other human beings of being like, oh, well, are you being honest with me? Yeah, like you just, I mean, talk about the trust issues and stuff even now, like as an adult, like fully grown ass adult now mm-hmm. of I've trust issues and it's like, eh, don't do that. Like allow people in, allow people to show you who they are. And when they do show you who they are, mm-hmm. trust it wholeheartedly. Don't make excuses for people. Don't, mm-hmm. oh, they didn't mean that, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. I think that's huge. And that's, again, to clarify, that's what I was saying of like, it's your ability of your trust, even in yourself, of gauging other humans changes. So, but no, like, Oh my goodness. The trust thing I think is huge and your self-worth and your self-awareness. The longer that continues or you allow people to do that as far as gaslight you, mm-hmm. it's only you're only hurting yourself. And it's sad to say because you don't even know what's happening when you're in the middle of it. Because when I look back, I'm like, wow the hell was I doing? Mm-hmm. But I just, I didn't know. I thought this is the way it is. This is mm-hmm. how it's been. I didn't know any different. Mm-hmm. But now to look mm-hmm. back, I actually help other people and talk people through similar situations yeah. to be like, um, let me guide you through this before you go through it. Mm-hmm. Because I had to, and I'd prefer that other people don't go down that same road if we can avoid it. Absolutely. So I have an awesome uh, thing I found this weekend that kind of brings all this t- into circle. So <clears throat> the big one with um, the apology and then the making that apology into action. So this is something I found. It says, sometimes people can't reciprocate because they can't give you what they can't give themselves. Those who are at war with themselves can't give you peace. Those who betray themselves can't give you loyalty. Those who lie to themselves can't give you honesty. See them as they are, not who you wish them to be. Mm. And that was like a big bell ringer for me because I have a horrendous innate ability to look past everyone's red flags. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's quite okay. It's, it's given me many, many years of just heartache. 
Well, um, lots to talk about anyway. <laughs> yeah, lots to talk about. Um, but I have a really awful habit of looking past every single red flag that any, basically anybody, like it doesn't have to be a romantic partner. Like I can, like the girl at the bank, like <laughs> anybody, the cashier at the grocery store. Let me like, fix you. Anyone, Let me help you. Yeah. Like I just, again, being raised in the home I was raised in with the family I was with, I was the scapegoat child and I immediately default to my, um, it's all my fault and let me, let me fix this. Mm. Right. So it, it's interesting to me because like some of it has carried into my adult life. Some of it carried into my adult life and then I put a stop to it, but I still have a really, really poor habit, a very unhealthy habit of looking past red flags. And I used to think, I used to justify it, let's put it that way. I used to justify it by saying, but I always want to see the good in everyone. I know everyone has good in them and I want to look for it because I know it's there. Because if I find it, maybe I can nurture it Mm -hmm. and let them be their best self and, and assist them on that path. Well, Dev. (laughs) at what cost correct at what cost so I have paid the enormous price several Mm. times generally of my own well-being and health and happiness because that's just how it goes and in this last little chapter of my life I have been working and building on trying to see the flags quicker so I may, I, I'm not to the point where I see the first flag and I'm like, nope, boom, put the boundary up. I'm not there. And I, I want to get there. I do. I You'll learn. Get there. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I, I will teach you. Yeah, oh, I will. Funny. I will learn. And I know I will because it's the right thing for me. I need to, it's a skill I need to learn. Um, but I'm making small steps in the right direction. And these apologies that I this apology particularly that I received this weekend was a good, um, it was a good test from the universe. Mm -hmm. And then I also, I was telling Melissa, I also had, um, an ex reach out, uh, and the ex thought that immediately there was going to be a rekindling of the relationship. And I had to hard boundary after some inappropriate comments. And so I did a hard boundary um, and then canceled any further interaction. So again, things that maybe a year ago or two years ago, I would have allowed to go too far. I may not have ever allowed these people back into my life wholeheartedly, but I would have allowed for additional conversation. I would have allowed them to explain themselves. I would have allowed for... Again, them to just walk back in and then I would have to backpedal again and then try and reboundary after I dropped the wall. I would have had to try and find a new wall place. I, you know, like I would have undone all the work that I've worked so hard to do. So the universe sent me these challenges. I believe I rose to the occasion. I feel like I was able to identify the incoming assault. <laughs> 
I was able to identify the fact that both of them were reaching into my boundary zone and I was able to peacefully say no and and not push back but just say no and put the put the bound like make sure they saw the boundary um so that's huge for your girl here because that's never been a good skill of a finely finely you know produced skill so I think it's wonderful that you were able to identify this weekend that you kind of went a little assumey pantsy. <laughs> a little? You went you went assumey pants, which caused you an entire afternoon and evening of horrible feelings, you know, hurt and sadness, anger and aggression. It probably impacted the entire rest of your day and your day with your husband, and your day off, and, like, it would have impacted everything. Yeah. Well, to be clear, this was, like, a three-week span of time, actually. Oh, it was three weeks. It was three weeks of, like, raging. But then, you know, my thing is people will, and again, I don't know that it's always the best way to do it, but this is my boundary and how it works, is people will show you their true colors, and when they people show you who they are, Mm-hmm. believe them yes. like yes people I'm sure everyone's got good in them and all of that good stuff and that's awesome but if somebody is toxic or if somebody is hurtful or somebody is continually pushing uh through mm-hmm. like there are a lot of people and this is such a side note but there's so many people that I've talked to whether it be clients or people that I'm working with and they say no And it's challenged. Like, I'm Mm. sorry, but no is a full sentence. And I don't want to hear shit about it. Like, if if no is the end, then that's that's it. There's no explanation. Oh, but whatever. No, there's no but. If I've said no, a client said no. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't know that it's, it's just people that haven't been taught that boundary or they they haven't been told no enough Mm. that they just think they're entitled to continue to push and push um and I don't mean in like a weird inappropriate way I just mean like even to keep having a conversation with someone or to keep asking for things that you can't give Mm um you know oh can you help me with this Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. but what about this no, I, I said no. I didn't say no, no, but maybe tomorrow or no, but whatever. No, I cannot help with that. Mm-hmm. The answer is no. That, that wasn't a, that's a good point. <clears throat> the people that can't hear no. Yeah, or just don't want to accept it. Or, or you're their friend. Mm-hmm. You should be able to accommodate whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, again, I don't know why part of me wants to explain that of being like, it's not in a weird way. <laughs> like, no, no means I no, but yeah, I even in, you know, a friendship, a relationship, a parent interaction, like, yeah. you know, my mom wants help with all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. I only have the capacity for so much. And then the answer is no. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean I don't love my mom. That doesn't mean I don't want to. None of those things. It just means at whatever light, whatever level, apologies, um, my capacity is so much. And then the answer is no. Like, yeah, you're my mom. But like, yeah, I said no. 
Mm-hmm. Stop asking. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change. Well, and that's what goes to that. Yeah. And that also ties into the people in our lives where maybe we've allowed them to encroach a little too far and we realize it. Like I have a, a <clears throat> I have a person in my life who I've known for an exorbitant amount of time and their habits are to, um, they're a time stealer and an energy stealer mm. and they, uh, they don't know how to set boundaries. So therefore they don't know how to follow someone else's. And I think that is like a big epidemic in our world is those who were never taught how to set a proper healthy boundary. They overcroach. Well, that's not the right word. They overreach into someone else's. And those people get very hurt when you try and give them either a soft boundary or a hard boundary because there's both. So for instance, this person will call me in the middle of the afternoon. They know my, they know my general work life. They understand my schedule. They know you're working. I'm working during these hours. There's also a time difference in their time zone compared to our time zone. So they're also very aware of that. Yet say two out of five work days a week, I receive a daytime phone call from said person to which I generally do not answer the phone because I am busy working. Sometimes I will, depending on the day, mm-hmm. but it's, it's answered with an immediate boundary. I will pick up the phone and say, Hey, I'm at work right now. Is it urgent? And they, to then, they just start blowing. And I'll go, whoa, 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 hang on. This conversation has to be kept for later because I'm at work right now and I can't talk. Is it urgent? Are you okay? Because again, it's a woman-to-woman phone call. I want to make sure she's safe and okay because, you know, you, you need to check in on your girls. So if she says, yes, yes, I'm okay. I just, this happened. And I'll be like, okay, we have to save it. For after work, I will call you on my way home. And then I just have to hang up because she's still talking. Boundaries. But I have to. And I've had to learn that because she doesn't have the ability to self-regulate. She doesn't know what no means. She doesn't know what no means, nor does she have the ability to self-regulate. And I know that just from her life because I've known her for so long. But the... She has a real hard time with that. And I have made numerous attempts to handhold her through different situations where I feel that she's put herself in harm's way because she hasn't been able to establish mm-hmm. any kind of boundary. Um, sometimes it's as simple as just helping her with the language in order to address the issue. So like she will call me and say, I had this happen today. And I just don't have the words to say it the way that it needs to be said. Um, Can you help me with that? Of course. Absolutely. But after work. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Or, and then I will, her and I'll kind of talk it through and I'll say, okay, like, I think in this situation, maybe this is what they meant or this is maybe where they're coming from. I see where you're coming from and I can see where they're coming from. And here's my suggestion. So 
Um, I think the world, the world needs some lessons in how to properly deliver an apology. So everybody out there listening, work on how to properly apologize to somebody without gaslighting them. Don't use the words, if I hurt your feelings, if I made you sad, I'm sorry if. Sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you feel that way. That is really an awful way to deliver an apology to someone in your life. Just cut it out, learn a better way, and start delivering a better apology. And then the people on the other side. Yeah, the other thing is what we allow continues. Mm -hmm. So if people are constantly in your life, pushing your boundaries, not respecting any kind of a boundary that you have in place, or just continuing behavior that you don't allow, or you've set in your life that you aren't going to allow, stop allowing it. And sometimes silence is the way to deal with it. It's not to say you're cutting them out of your life, but sometimes if you just don't answer that text, or you don't get back to them immediately, it gives some, some woe down time. I coached for a long time and there's always the 24 hour rule because mm. parents get worked up during a game. Coaches get worked up during a game. Officials get worked up during a game. Kids get worked up during a yeah, game. Players. Players. For sure. mm-hmm. I always coached young people. So players get worked up. Everyone gets worked up. Everyone complains in the car on the way home. It's not the time to contact your coach when you're all worked up and everybody's hot off the field Mm. or hot off the ice. So the 24-hour rule gives everyone a breathing period and a cool down before you send that text or send that email or send that comment or make that assessment or that judgment. I think in the world of boundary building, if we all took that extra 20 minutes or 10 minutes, or to quote my one of my favorite podcasters, Mel Robbins, <laughs> do the five, four, three, two, one. Just take a big breath and be like, okay, hey, do I need to answer this person right this minute? Is their concern urgent? Or can I just take a breath and get back to them in an hour, get back to them after I shower and get ready, get back to them later after work, get back to them after I help get the kids to bed, get back to them after my dinner. Put that little boundary down, see how it goes. If they if they encroach, put it down again. If they encroach, silence. Yep, what we allow continues. I wholeheartedly so. agree. And if we stop allowing people to invade our happiness and to take over our... Our own little world of, of, you know, sunshine and flowers, then it drains us of our own happiness. And it, it um, doesn't leave us full to actually be a good person to them either. Yeah, and we'll wrap it here, but that's so true because really, if we, this is why we have boundaries in the first place is no one cares more about you than you. So you have to remember you are the only human worrying about you, how you feel, your self-peace, 
all of those things. Other people are worrying about themselves. They don't care if they hurt your feelings necessarily right in that moment. They don't care if you're busy and that you can't respond right away. Any of those things. So you have to worry about you first, then other people. Mm-hmm. So don't be an asshole. Learn how to apologize. Yes. Don't gaslight people. And for your own self worthiness and your own peace of mind be good to yourself set boundaries and also learn how to apologize learn how to apologize i love this until next week right see you guys bye bye